the JSA Clicks Podcast, the show where we discuss high-level competitive, casual, and everything in between. Your host is Jay Solomon, and now, on to the show. Hey everyone, this is JSA Clicks Podcast. We discuss the current the competitive hero clicks format as well as any other alternative ones that are currently relevant. I'm your host, Devin Owens. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts, one of whom played in US Nationals. <laughs> uh, we have Jackson. Hello. Jay, who was physically present. I sure was. And as who was not. No, but I am alive. Exciting. He lives. I also was not. Um, I was in Canada. Uh, yeah, so uh, today we're talking about U.S. Nationals and some other random stuff. Gen Con experiences for those who were there. Um, we'll probably touch on rotation just because that got officially announced, even if it's what we thought it would be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's start with just uh, talking about the tournament, because that seems like the most important thing to talk about. Um, so let's start by talking about Wait, what... Wait, do we not want to... Oh, sorry. Sorry, did you have get, a... like, rotation out of the way? We could do rotation first. Then... Sure. Yeah, let's get it out of the way because it's shoot pretty quick, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so rotation is everything up to Disney+, Plus, um, and uh, with the notable exception of some convention exclusives that you might have expected to be retired, Galactus just came out a while ago, so was a fair expectation, but actually literally the only convention exclusives listed here are the tire stack and the barrel <laughs> as being yep. retired. So if you were using those, I, you can't anymore. What's funny. Congratulations. If you remember those existed, plastic man still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, master mold still exists. Mm-hmm. You know, if there are anybody that plays that character. Yeah. I haven't really seen him much. I mean, you did obviously at one point, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, I think I remember seeing him somewhere at Gen Con. He's very powerful, just not quite good enough at the moment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the big one is Disney+. Plus. When they announced that they were delaying rotations so that they could cut deeper back in the spring, uh, I think all of us expected Disney Plus to be cut. Um, Not everybody did, but I think it was sort of the, the obvious reason why they were delaying it, right? Yeah, I think with them not doing a watch list, it's kind of just like, okay, well, if they, like, I feel like they definitely know that, like, Sakarian and Scarlet Witch are a problem. And if they're not doing anything about it, they're probably just getting rid of it. And then this came out, they're like, yeah, they're just getting rid of it. Yeah, that was my big thought of, like, they're not going to do anything because they're just going to r- tell you, tell the players to ride it out. It, it's the, the same thing with Scarab for a while now of just like everyone's saying this should be changed. It has problematic interactions. They're just like, yeah, we can just rotate it though. And they are. I mean, yep. that one was pretty obvious, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Plus, biggest like, disappointment from that announcement was that it didn't say it was effective September 1st. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, they they'd already told us that they were leaving it until after Worlds. Um, so the Worlds meta is going to look a lot like the U.S. Nats meta because there's no new events, uh, no new sets coming out, and uh, rotation isn't happening happening until afterwards. So the only there may be some innovation. But... See, is if Scott Porter actually gets into the hands of players. Yeah, it's still unclear to me when that's actually legal. 
That is technically legal right now, but nobody has it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally yeah. nobody has it, so it's pretty difficult for it to actually get played. Yeah, that's that's going to be a whole other mess of problems of like shipping. Like if if they ship it in time, then I probably shouldn't be too big of a problem. But if they ship it to where like the day or two before people are getting their Scott Borders, then leaving for Memphis, it's going to be like. Okay, well, this is kind of stupid that the one person who got lucky with shipping is the one that gets to play it. Yeah, and, and both Scott Porters are extremely powerful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Incredibly. So we'll see about that. Um, and we'll do another episode closer to actual rotation about what the post-rotation meta looks like. We're not going to talk about that today. Just wanted to talk about the fact of rotation and what was being rotated. Um, all right. So yeah, uh, US Nationals happened. It was at Gen Con. It's uh, a strange format. I think it's exactly the same as last year's. Yep. Um, it's pretty similar, if not exactly the same. Although last year was actually four rounds. Okay, so it is it is notably worse than last year's then. Very um, so. Yeah, so it's, it's a weird format that they pioneered last year, but I guess changed slightly this year, of these four 16-person qualifiers where the top four players from those qualifiers go on to a 16-person championship on the Saturday afternoon. Um, and then in that 16-person championship, they play two rounds of Swiss and then cut to the top eight instead of just doing single elimination and then play at single elimination from there, um, which is bizarre. Uh, so let's just talk about the implications of this format for a second. So it's... A 16 it's the qualifiers are 16 people you play three rounds if you just like do a swiss calculator then after three rounds there are more people who are two and one and three and oh than can actually qualify by a fair number mm -hmm. so some yeah, players what, only one x1 would get in there'd be three three and o's uh just two no. sorry three rounds never mind yeah, it's yeah. three rounds. It's three rounds. Um, yeah, it, so it's three rounds. So there's two three and O's and uh, what? Eight. And, and a bunch of X1s. Yeah, a bunch of X1s. Right. Um, unless there's a double loss, it's consistent. But I don't feel like doing them, opening my calculator right now. Anyway, more than can actually qualify by a fair number. Um, so what this means is that who actually qualifies for the championship is dependent entirely on the tiebreaker, which in Heroclix at the moment is points. Um, what that actually basically means is that if you want the maximum chance of qualifying for the Saturday championship, you should bring the most aggressive team you possibly can. Yep. Mm -hmm. Unless you think your defensive team has like a massively higher win rate. But if you think that you're like, that you win like, you know, 60% of your games with your aggressive team and 65% of games with your defensive team, you're going to have a significantly higher chance to make the championship by bringing your aggressive team because you're going to go two and one a reasonable percentage of the time with both of those teams. And you just probably won't make the cut if you only scored 30 points. And yeah. It's also right. very meta dependent as well. Yeah. I pretty sure at least the meta that i feel like the game has been in granted i haven't played much but i do still follow the game has been fairly difficult to score points in a lot of games kind of it 
It depends entirely on the build. For example, in my qualifier, there are a lot of Scarlet Witch teams that were just like, I'm ruining, come at me. And you're not really going to get a lot of points in those. But then there's a lot of other teams that are just like, yeah, it's just two Prime Spider-Mans fighting each other. Someone's getting wiped here. <laughs> yeah. Prime Spider-Man's pretty good at making sure that somebody gets wiped. Yeah. But you're even, and, that, and now you're even more at the mercy of your opponent as well. Exactly. Because you need more time. Yeah. Yeah, you need time, you need points. If you get unlucky and get matched into a, you know, one-man army that you can't quite KO, then uh, maybe you're just out of luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this is a weird format. Uh, four rounds is significantly better because then you sort of know how it works, right? Like, all of the X and 1s are qualifying and maybe some X and 2. I should actually. Yeah, yeah I, th I think in it's... my pod it was two three O's and then two two and ones, if I have yeah. that right. That would and make... yeah. Yeah, so in four rounds, one person would still miscut at X and one, which is still not ideal. Yes, but it was very, it was very not fun seeing that. But at three rounds, times. it's much worse. Yeah, at three rounds, um, there are two three and zero players and six two and one players. So two of the six two and one players make it, and four of them don't. So Better if you're two you and one, you have to have the highest possible points if you actually want to make it, which just feels bad. <laughs> Agreed. Yep. Um, yeah. So you know, I mean, obviously, if you three zero, you're happy. But if you two and one. Like, the thing is, so I, I talked a little bit about what Heroclix's current tiebreaker is, but I don't even know if it matters, because with the best tiebreakers in the world, like, available in any game, three rounds just isn't enough for them to be relevant, really. Agreed. Yeah. Like, you could do first tiebreaker, um, most recent loss, second tiebreaker points, and then you would at least have an advantage if you went 2-0 to start and theoretically had the harder matchups. And that might be like slightly better, but it's not that much better. <laughs> yeah, I know that's Flesh and Blood's primary uh, first tiebreaker is recent loss or last yeah. loss. Yeah, and that sort of makes sense, but like it makes sense over longer tournaments. It just yeah. can't really work in in a three round turn. I mean, it still is fine-ish, but it's not nearly when as good. When you're trying to rush through a tournament, it's it's not gonna work that well. Yeah, I mean that would be a that, that would be a weird one here, actually, because the third round just wouldn't actually matter. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> All the 2 and O's would just concede yeah. to their opponents and just walk and just get a break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's not really a good answer if you're only running three rounds. Um, but three rounds just isn't enough to get a clean cut. It's just it, you're going to have a lot of a lot of feel bads here, which sucks. Anyway. The the real takeaway from this is that uh, next year, if you're trying to qualify at Gen Con, you should bring your most aggressive possible team for the qualifiers. Yep. Um, and then there's the Saturday one, where they run two rounds of Swiss, which is just a bizarre number of they rounds of Swiss. They didn't do that last year, by the way. Did they not? Okay. I, it sounded weird, but I didn't actually know whether they had done it last year. They did. They did double elimination, I think, before cutting. Okay. 
Maybe. Well, that can't be top eight then. That would be like top 12 or something. I don't remember. They did something weird last yeah. year too, but this, there this year... There was two rounds of Swiss. Yeah. Anyway, this year it was two rounds of Swiss. Um, and in that, there are eight one and ones and four two and O's. Uh, and the four two and O's all make it. So that's fine. And then half of the one and ones. <laughs> so you have to score very well. Uh, we know that one person in that cut got zero points in his first game, Ken Small, and then max points in his second game and missed the cut. Yep. So you really have to score a lot of points to guarantee that you're making that cut, which is just, if, it's weird because I was going to say before I knew that they were doing this two rounds of Swiss thing, that the correct play was to bring your like most aggressive possible team for the qualifier and then switch to your more defensive higher win rate team for the top cut. But it's not true. <laughs> no, people were swapping two more offensive builds who were playing yeah. defensive builds. <laughs> Wait, were you allowed to change builds in between the qualifiers? You were. They yeah. said it was a different event, so you were allowed to swap your teams. So Which I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't, don't like, like that at all. This year was because also... Allows, so while everybody, yes, has the ability to switch teams, it allows you to potentially do counter builds. It does. True. Uh, the, another thing they did this year that was very unusual at least to me is they did not check build sheets at all oh. they just they just said hey you're playing okay cool write your build sheet down show it to your opponent that's it they didn't check it themselves or anything they didn't verify it it was just oh. hey just that's all weird. play legal stuff please thank you oh yeah i mean we don't have the quite the variety of game elements that we have sometimes in the past right now. So it'd be a little more difficult to slip something not legal through, but not impossible. And, and like a lot of the players that were playing in these pods are like well-known players that wouldn't do something like that. But if some random came in and was like, oh, no one's looking. Let me swap a tarot card really quick because Jay I saw my next matchup. Rhymes, didn't he? he played four, dude. It was crazy. No one called on it. I knew it. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's just like, we were talking about it after, and it's like, we're like, oh, thank God no one cheated. And it's like, well, we honestly don't know. We're, no one, we don't think anyone did. There is no reason to think that, but there is technically no way to prove it. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not that you hard. You can also all verify your opponent's builds. That's like also still allowed, right? Yeah. Right, but they if were. your opponent, ver if you verify your opponent's build and then next round, like, you're not going to look over their build sheet and be like, oh, that, I missed this card, this card changed. They didn't They didn't check build sheets last year either. Okay. Yeah, they definitely do at Worlds, but I never played. Yeah, at Worlds, they're so. a lot more strict about it. Yeah. But they did it with Nationals with a big tournament that everybody was allowed to play in. Yeah, which, like, there just isn't enough room at Gen Con for, so I understand that they have to change it if they want to run it at Gen Con, but it sucks. <laughs> They well, they could, but they have to submit on time because there are games that had like back when Star Wars Destiny was a game, they had like six hundred player tournaments. Yeah, I mean it's probably pretty expensive to rent that much space though. Yeah. Which like I I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but I understand why they don't. Yeah. Um yeah, so once you've made it through this weird two rounds of Swiss thing, then you play a, a more standard <laughs> actual top eight elimination. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it just sort of weirdly advantages super aggressive teams unless you're just winning every game, which, you know, you can never totally rely on. <laughs> no matter how good you are, you, you might just drop a game. Yeah. And getting getting and, eliminated because of points at that point feels not great. And there's plenty of, of matchups, apparently, that can go to 0-0 zero, zero losses, which completely yep. ruin everything. Um, yeah, I mean, in two rounds of Swiss, a 0-0 zero, zero loss is just... If, if you get a 0-0 zero, zero loss round one, you're just guaranteed not getting in. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to Ken, right? Like He literally scored max points in game two yeah. after the 0-0. Zero, zero. He, he was 2-0, 300, didn't get in. Well, he was 1-1. One, one. He was 1-1. One one. Oh, 1-1, one, one, yes. 1-1, one, one, 300. Um, but, um, what else? and there's the chance that, you know, while these qualifiers sell out, it's a Gen Con, maybe people don't show up, and then you can have a buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, while a which buy did happen, there, right? it doesn't get you max points. Not in the... Not in the main event. Time. No, no. In qualifiers, it was happening. Sorry, I was more in the. I was. I was still back in the qualifying. No. Um. So it's you know it's potential that it kind of screws you there too. Yeah. Yeah. It'd it'd be nice to see them at least go to. Uh, um, four rounds for the. Qualifiers. Yeah. Which still isn't perfect, but at least it's a little better. Yeah, you only get one person feeling terrible because they got knocked out by uh, five points instead of four out of six people who got yeah. the same record. Um, and then I don't know what they're doing with this two rounds of Swiss thing, but I don't think it's very good. No, double elimination would be a fine structure, as as suggested or suggested they might have done <laughs> previously. That'd be totally fine. I think people would be totally cool with double elimination, but uh this is just a weird, weird tournament structure that I don't think anybody feels great about. No. Yeah. Anyway, you have to be very good to win it. Because <laughs> you really do have to win basically all your games to guarantee that you're making it through. Yeah, you have to go so. undefeated basically wiping every game. Yeah, so, you know, no, yeah. no shade on the people who won. They obviously did extremely well to make it. Mm-hmm. It's more the people who lost who feel bad there. <laughs> only a little. Yeah, a lot. Just, just a bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so as the only one of us who actually played in it, why don't you walk us through your, your experience? Uh, yeah, so this was my first time ever going to Gen Con. Um, I've never been to Nationals before. I wanted to make my trek out, play it, um, you know, just kind of get a feel for everything before Worlds. And it was, it was a really fun event. Um, Gen Con itself was pretty cool. Um, I didn't book nearly as many tickets as I should have, so I was kind of just walking around most days. Uh, but yeah, so for Nets, I played in the Thursday qualifier. I wanted to play in the earliest one possible so that, like pretty much everyone else, if you lost and someone didn't show for another one, you had a chance of getting in. So that was my plan. Turns out it was a lot of people's plans because there was a lot of very good players in that Thursday morning pod. Yeah. Um, that was stacked. I, yeah, I played, I ended up getting the fourth slot in my pod. Uh, I was playing my prime Spider-Man build, the same one I talked about in the, uh, last episode. Um, yeah. So round one of my qualifier, I played Lucas Tom Van Hollen. Uh, he was playing his mission point, uh team and he ended up actually coming second in the whole thing 
Uh, he didn't qualify in that one. He qualified in a later uh, qualifier, but I played him round one. Uh, I lost map. He took me to Morlock Tunnels, and he's... Uh, turn one, I just I move out stuff like Sicarian and uh, Spidey just kind of getting into position, and then he does his whole mission point things. I think he actually gained... Because he f- turn one flipped judgment and gained, I think, like 13 mission points turn one. So it was like, oh, oh, I'm scared. You were close it, enough that he managed to he, do some perplexing and stuff as well. He triple perplexed up Watcher's range to knock me back through walls <laughs> and, then ro- and then rolled a six with, uh, what's her name? Um, nice. Indigo one to heal for four. And then judgment was proc. So he got seven just off that. He knocked me back a couple times. He perplexed me a bit. Uh, and, and yeah, he got. He, it was either like 10 or 13. He got basically halfway <sighs> through. And it was like, oh, well, this is really scary. Um, but the downside of kind of his team against one like mine is I am pure get-in-your-face offense, and he is not planning to attack me. So with a little bit of maneuvering with Sakarian, I was able to clear all of the barrier that he put out. Uh, and then Spider-Man ran up, grabbing another piece. Uh, and then he just did Spider-Man things and, like, basically knocked out Frogman, Riddler, and Batman in, like, one turn, and then the next turn, everything else. Um, yeah, so if I you won- can kill, like, Riddler and Indigo 1, that team yeah. has a really I, I hard basi- time making up the rest of the points. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to kill the thing that says I can't knock you back because I want to hit you for more damage, and then I'm going to kill the things that give you mission points. And it, and he, it was never as much of a punch out it was for me it was never really over because like i'd kill something it's like, okay i'm gonna make scrappy dude it's like oh yep that's a threat now he's like okay i'm gonna kill this and he's like okay i have 10 mission points now i'm gonna make peacemaker and it's like oh yep. yeah okay well then i'm gonna try to attack him oh third attack i make a sentinel it's just like okay yeah you're just keep coming at me this is you might have a chance here um but yeah it was a pretty pretty uh good game up until then but i ended up getting it uh 300 so i was feeling pretty good um round two i played against dan powell uh he was playing his scarlet witch team which is like as much of a direct counter as possible it is basically to my team it's what going in i thought with luck is potentially doable but after basically going over the matchup a lot in my head it's just an unwinnable matchup i heard he didn't Um, let you make a single attack Yep, he just sat there, didn't, said no. Grabbed my dice, threw them across the table, no, didn't let me roll. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it basically comes down to map, and in both times I played Dan this weekend, he won map, went to negative zone, um, turn one ruined, barriered, game's over. Uh, yeah. I, I have no way to get to him that doesn't involve me ruining it. My only chance is basically spend all my actions clearing the barrier and hope I critically hit Scarlet Witch. If not, it's a zero zero, and uh, I don't like zero zeros. I think they're stupid and shouldn't be forced. So I just ran at him, saying, "Okay, if I crit, I win. If not, I lose." I didn't crit. Game was over. Uh, then because yeah, he has both like Mephisto and Iron Inquisitor adjacent, yeah. So that you, there's two Mastermind targets, so you can't just multi-target your there's way. There's two Mastermind. I can't outwit it because she gets hit to a stop click that gets cosmic energy that gives it back. Um, so my only chance is if I crit hit, getting through the Mastermind, get her to her stop click, and then knock her back with the Necro Sword, letting me actually KO her. Yeah. So, uh, if that doesn't happen, which like, that's 
you can't really obviously can't bet on that. Uh, ended up losing that game. Um, but I did get after like the first turn, I kind of just went into like, okay, I just need to get points. Uh, so I scored, I think I scored like 65 points in total in that game. Yeah, I mean, if you um, can't win a game in, in that format, like, always you should yeah. be thinking about how to score I, points. But in that format, you should absolutely be thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and then last round, I faced up against uh, Isaac. I had never played Isaac before, so this was exciting for me. It's like, okay, this is, like, the big bad that wins everything. The the fun thing about playing Isaac is you know going into it how good he is, but if you've never actually gotten to see him play, like, yeah. on the other side of the table, it's really fun. It was really fun. And one thing I loved about playing with Isaac was he was just screwing around as much as I was. Oh, like, when I'm, when, exact same. When I'm at a table, like, I'm trying not to take it too seriously. I'm making dumb jokes. I'm just doing whatever. And he's just right there with it doing the same thing. So we had a blast playing each other. Yeah, I hope I get to play him at some point. I've been in a lot of tournaments <laughs> with him and never played a game against him. He, yeah. He's one of my favorite opponents. Yeah. Um, no, he's yeah. the war. No, I'm kidding, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> it's very fun. That kid needs discipline. <laughs> yeah, he's going to wind up. Yeah, I don't know, he's a delinquent. He's going <laughs> to yeah. wind up in the big house. Yeah. He's, um, he's real yeah. trouble, that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he was uh, he was playing, I think, the same team he won states with, which was just Mad Jim, Venom Magneto, Double Carnage Surfer, Switch, Sakarian, I think was the team. Yeah. Um, so he wins map um, because I don't I don't think I actually won map at all once the entire week. Uh, so he wins map, goes to Krakoa Gardens, I think, not Krakoa. Yeah. Um, I turn one set up and then i kind of move out uh sakarian and rookie just just outside of his range to where even if he like double tk perplexed up range and stuff and full committed it wouldn't really work so i was like okay i'm pretty safe here and if he does come for me then that's fine i'll try to make it up somehow uh his turn two he flips over seven of pentacles with his entire team that has plasticity and it's just like oh that's not good. Uh, so he, like, free moves both his surfers, free moves his Venom Magneto, free moves Sakarian. Um, he TKs out Scarlet Witch to outwit Stealth on Rookie. And then it's kind of, it's kind of was a pretty decent back and forth of me having my Rookie perplexed up, I think, three times in Hindering. So even with his modifier, it was, like, 13s on 21s. And then uh, after a while, he hit it. He ends up KOing Rookie. Uh, he dealt a pretty good amount of damage to Sakarian. Uh, I called out War Machine. Uh, then he also KO'd Commissioner. So turn two, he's double healed on both surfers and kind of out in my face. Um, so it's not looking the best. Yeah, it seems like a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, but one thing that Isaac told me after that game is he never played against a or he's never was attacked by a prime spider-man before he said he just ruined it and killed it every time he played against it and it never actually like went after him uh mine still had first turn immunity and he moved up so i full sent him out perplexed him up all the way gave him problems in a 14 Did you get to double flurry because he was close enough 
I didn't because I did an object attack instead. Uh, so I yeah. dual targeted his switch and surfer, and I was able to actually get it to where I had an angle to knock them both back in place into a wall. So I hit them both, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to deal all four to your switch and then knock her back and KO her because the Necro Sword, and he was like, I didn't know you could do that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's an issue to not so know. That, that's a bad I, thing to not know in that matchup. I one-shot his switch and did the rest to uh, Carnage Surfer, which got him down to his base click, and then I crime fighting to KO that Surfer and damage something else to just kind of immediately like turn the game back in my favor, and he was just like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, and it's pretty uh, hard to actually kill yeah. Spider-Man at that point, right? Yeah, he had a he had a pretty good comeback. Um, he killed a lot of stuff with the uh, Sicarian. Um, got a bunch of damage off with his Carnage Surfer and eating some pretty high rolls, and he got him. Uh, so he's he he was healing back up, but it got to a point where I was able to uh, take some pot shots on the Surfer with him missing rollouts with like my King Killmonger and some other stuff. Uh, my S- Spider-Man finished it off, and then it got to a point where it was just his. Sakarian against my entire team and I was able to whittle him down and get it I think it was 300 to 60 something on my side 300 to 65 so I was able to finish the qualifier I was 2 and 1 665 points and the worst part about this event is I was pretty positive I didn't get in because I already saw two uh 30s and there, I think Dan was two and one with like 800 points. So I was sitting there basically like, okay, I think there I literally did my has best. to be no one else with more points than you, right? There, there has to be no one else. And it comes down to them announcing the standings. And so they go through all the announcements and they call my name last. And I'm like, oh, I got in. That's great. And they hand me the Venom, the, the figure that I wanted most that weekend. I'm holding the Venom God of Symbiotes. And then uh, TJ Wheeler, who is in our pod, was like, hey, why am I, di- why am I not in? I'm 3-0. and And they're just like, oh, we did this wrong. So I'm at this point like, oh, I have to give back this Venom because I didn't get in, <laughs> don't I? So I'm like walking up and I'm about to like hand them back my Venom. And then I find out that I beat uh ed berkovitz by 15 points to get the last spot so they had to take it away from ed and i i felt so bad but there was a party that was like well i'm glad it wasn't me but i was like yeah. that sucks because he was That's yeah rough. he was two and two and oh 650 and it's just like Ooh. gosh yeah i mean that not qualifying you is it's it's so quite dumb. something yeah uh but yeah i was i was able to get in on thursday so i didn't have to worry Friday about playing. So that was about running away with your venom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to play in some battle royales. I didn't buy tickets ahead of time, and Gen Con is stupid to where you could literally only get in if you had tickets. So I was basically just like, all right, well, guess I'm gonna walk around the con and then just hang out here until Saturday, and that's basically what I did. So you're saying if I ever do go to Gen Con, I should buy tickets for all the events I want to do in advance. Yeah. It sounds like Got a good it. plan that like most reasonable people should do, right? I should definitely. I mean, I wouldn't that. necessarily know not having been there before either. Oh yeah. No, yeah, I, I I didn't buy tickets to a lot of things, and I'm just like, yeah, this was a uh, this was a mistake. 
Yeah. So then you played the top cut. You were allowed to change your team, but you didn't, right? I did not. Um, Friday uh, was mainly just watching other qualifiers. Um, I was talking to Isaac a bit about the team because he, after playing against it, was like, oh, I'm just going to switch to Prime Spider-Man. So me and him got to spend a little bit of time going over like everything I do with the team and just how you play it. Um, and then Saturday was the big thing. Uh, I was already not excited about the format, as you know we've talked about multiple times. Um, so round one, I faced against Alex Mater, who ended up winning the whole thing. Um, and it was basically a mirror match. We had a near-identical team, minus he had a Carnage Surfer instead of a Sakarian, and he had a Sinestro Ring on his Mephisto instead of a Darkhold on his Magneto. Um, it looks like officially his Black Skull started with a Black Symbiote. Yeah, and then he just he would just swap it and drop it, but then like he didn't equip it to anything. I, I think it's just like... Good a, in non-chase yeah. matchups. He he basically could. I think it's to like equip his Venom Magnetos for stealth or something like that. His Venom Magneto had um, a cloak, so probably it's probably yeah. Carnage Surfer for stealth against Scarabs. Probably, uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's what he did. And then another thing he did that I learned that I'm gonna start doing uh, is he turn one made a spotlight with Mephisto, and I'm just like, why are you making a spotlight? Okay, that's weird. And then he walked it away to just KO it. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, okay, cool. My Iron Inquisitor is going to take energy shield deflection. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good trick. You can just give Iron Inquisitor insta pick ESD or sidestep by yeah, just the sidestep is spotlight. huge, right? Yeah. Like, like it, energy shield is fine, but they're probably not going to shoot your Iron Inquisitor. Yeah. But like in that scenario, that's like that's it was awesome. his turn one and it was just. Yeah, like, I mean, you might as well if you have yeah. access to it. It's just but I was the like, important oh. part of the sidestep. Yeah, you're never making a spotlight ever, so just insta-KO it to give your Inquisitor sidestep. That's great. Especially not a power action spotlight. Yeah. Um, Wait, but Dad, that's not true. You want you, you can want ESD on a, on a character that you're going to mastermind to. Could very well be relevant. Theoretically good. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, you, you probably don't want him to be they hit. Missed, they missed him because of the ESD, so you can mastermind to him now. It's there true. you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so his uh he ended up going first. I put us on Krakoa, which is just a big map. Um it was kind of at first I thought it was just kind of like who goes first wins, but then I kind of realized like, like okay, well we both have King Killmonger. We're both trying to drop terrain under each other to stop the other's King Killmonger. So my turn one, I spent destroying every piece of terrain he placed within 16 squares of me. And I had placed both my terrain markers in the back corner of the maps so that, like, he just couldn't get to them. Um, he, on his next turn, uh, he attacked with his rookie first after planning out his whole movement to just, like, super yeet Spider-Man over because he had, like, Inquisitor TK carry out Magneto, TK, wall crawler, sidestep charge. Like, he could get anywhere, basically. Um, so he was planning it all out, but he goes for an attack 
with Rookie first, because he flipped the uh, Pensai deal splash damage card. And he hit my Sicarian, and I rolled out with my Spider-Man. Um, so I just took the damage with Sicarian and generated a War Machine directly in front of my Spider-Man. Cool. So he now no longer had, like, he was planning on being to giant reach him, but now, like, he doesn't have the reach to get to him, and he doesn't have an object to drop. So if it's his Spider-Man on my Spider-Man, it's I have to hit Killmonger with, I think, Queen of uh, Wands was up, so it's like a 3-3-6, three, three, plus my Impervious. And even if you do hit all three attacks... Um, I'm not dead. I'm not getting knocked back. Um, which is important thing for later in the game. Uh, but so he ended up coming in. He flurried. He just killed my war machine and rookie, and then saw the chances of what was happening. And he used his crime fighting to just run back to his team. Uh, he ran back next to his killmonger. Uh, and he was about halfway up the map, and he passed. And I'm like, okay. So I should probably just win now because I can TK an elevated in the corner up for Sakarian to grab it and drop it, which is what I did. Plex up Spider-Man three times. I went in. I charged Flurried, and I was two squares away from his Spider-Man, his Venom Magneto, and his Carnage Surfer. Now, the mistake I made in this game that cost me the game is I didn't place straight ahead of his Spider-Man by two squares, I was one off. So it was at, like, uh, an angle. And I thought that when I knock him back, he's just going to get knocked back into the wall. I completely forgot, no, it's the nearest possible diagonal. So after my first yeah, attack, I realized... If you're not straight on. Yeah, and after my first attack, I'm like, oh, if I knock you back, you're out of my reach. Mm. And then I realized, oh, I just lost this game. Because if I can't attack him, deal one through the impervious, knock him back with my first two attacks to get him off his defense power, I can't kill him. Yeah. And I didn't do that. So I could kill Venom Magneto and damage his uh, Carnage Surfer, but his Spider-Man was still on, I think, click five or six. Uh, and then it was just like, yeah, um, I don't know, hope you crit missed or something, and I ended my turn. And he immediately killed my Spider-Man with his Spider-Man. Um, he was he left himself on a click, though, where he didn't have the defense power. So uh, by my next turn, my Sicarian was able to sidestep out with Flurry um, to finish off his Spider-Man. And we were pretty close. He was up on points by a bit. Um, and I had a line where if I double TK'd, if Magneto perplexes up his range, double TK's Killmonger, Killmonger sidesteps, swaps into something to summon Mephisto and then attack, I can attack his Inquisitor <coughs> that's not on top click. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to perplex up my range and last action is called. Aww. And it's like, aww. Oof. So, like, I theoretically could have won. It just would have been, like, my 11 on a 17 with two probs. So, like, I'm not going to say I would have won if I had the time, but I could have. I could. But there have. was a chance. There was a, a solid, very solid statistical chance that I win. Um, but ended up uh, losing that game. It was, I think, one 
140 to 155, 160. Close. Uh, it was a pretty close game. But I had, in my head, I'm like, okay, I have almost half points. If I wipe my next game, then I can do that. And also, I'm going to be in the loser's bracket, so I might be able to fee- uh, face a team that, like, you know, caught a bad matchup. That would be better for me or something like that. And then round two happens, and I'm once again paired against Dan, which is, an, like I said before, a 100% unwinnable game for me. Yeah, and that's the... Uh... It's specifically because the Scarlet Witch has Mastermind fodder, right? If there's yes, no, if there's no Iron Inquisitor, then if you there's no Iron Inquisitor, she's just dead. Yeah. But because it's like, yeah, you're in a rune. I've had to waste multiple actions breaking barrier. You have Mastermind and a stock click. Yeah. Even though I ignore your rollouts that I'd have to deal with without that, and I'm ignoring your Invincible on your last click. Like even though I'm ignoring three of your powers, I still can't kill you. And it was just game. Uh, I think like and like ended up being like 80 to 130 or something, but um, but you needed a wipe really. So even if if that was in your favor, I needed to wipe (laughs) um, to get in, uh, which didn't happen. So that was where my rant ended. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty happy with you know my first time ever going. I got into the top 16. Yeah. Um, I played I think the best I could have for the most part, and when I didn't, I learned what never to do again. Like I'm I'm never gonna get that angle wrong for knockback again. Um, yeah, being off by, like, one square and losing game because yeah. of it sucks. It's, it was the worst. I, I remember talking to PJ after. It's like, dude, I could have wiped my first game it off by one square. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, but you're never going to do that again, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm never going to do that again. Yep. Yeah, at Worlds 2019, I did that against Micah on turn one. I placed my pog one square further to the right, which gave him a prob on it, and then missed my attack as a result. Yep. It's like, whoops. Yeah, so it's like, all right, well, I learned a lot of really important information. I'm ready for Worlds. That was that was my attitude leaving it, so it's like, okay, I'm I'm ready for this. I'm, this is going to be good. All right, let's talk about all the teams that made uh, that made the cut. Or at least I guess it is actually the teams that made the cut because um uh its units doesn't have the builds that actually got played in the top 16 they just have the builds that they saw going by in uh the qualifiers so i to my knowledge the only build that changed was isaacs and yes that makes sense i remember what he changed it to Uh, well we're gonna get there pretty quickly because we've already talked about alex maters and lucas's team so isaac is third yeah i did did notice a few inconsistencies but for the most part they seem fine yeah uh, yes. I mean, let's talk about Lucas's again, I guess. Um, so it was a it was a mission point team. It was trying to get mission points as quickly as possible. Um, it seems to me like it had a pretty good matchup against things that weren't Spider-Man Prime. It very much did. Like most of the team in one turn. Um, the interesting decisions to me are Batman Prime. Um, that free smoke cloud that you have to break away from seems pretty good for a team that's just sort of trying to stay alive. Yeah. I always really liked this Batman. Yeah. This Batman's phenomenal. There's just he's just suffering from there being actual game breaking primes in the game right now. To where so many good primes. <laughs> it's like he is one thousand percent playable. He's just overshadowed by that. Yeah. Yeah. And this team, like you said, when you flip up the uh 
judgment card can gain a ton of mission points. They did. Did they errata the judgment card? They did. Now? It's okay. But it wasn't in effect group. for US Nats? It, it was, because if it oh, wasn't, okay. that would have been the winning team. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So max three points from it. But I mean, that's still up to nine points if you roll a six and uh, and have that up in one turn, which is a lot. Yeah, that's what he did. He like turn one just got that I guess many it's points. Max eight points. It's so anyway, it's a lot. Yeah. of points. It's a lot. Yeah. So she's the plus one on support. So the maximum she can do is four clicks and then judgment gives you an extra uh one up to three so yeah that's seven from just that in one turn unless i'm missing something uh because it's indigo if she right you can heal more yes yeah you can use the you can make a bystander with the green lantern ring and then heal again and then you don't get the indigo one points but you do get the judgment points yeah i think that's what he did against me yeah so 10 max then yeah, um, that makes plus sense. him knocking stuff back. So yeah. I think he was at like 11 or 12. So, yeah, it, it ramped up pretty quickly with judgment being in, in effect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Riddler, who it turns out is actually really good. Yeah. So figures like this. Uh, fig- yeah, figures like Riddler that have this kind of system of like they give you a token and if you keep it, they ramp up. Um, are always super fun on paper, but they normally don't really work out. But he has, as was shown, is kind of like a unique instance of like, no, this uh, this works pretty well. So he can uh, give he can use perplex regardless of line of fire, and then when you use it, you get a puzzle token, and then when you would be perplexed from any source, you roll a d6 if you have a puzzle token. On a one, you lose it. On a two through four, you gain a mission point for each puzzle token on that character. On a five or six, the use of perplex has no effect, and you get a mission point for each puzzle token on the character. Yeah. So if you get really unlucky and roll one, uh, you're in trouble. But otherwise, yeah. Um, as long as somebody's staying near you, you're you're in good shape. You need an yep. opposing character within range, so you know it's possible mm-hmm. that you won't get it, but it uh, it's still pretty good. And then Darkseid is just sort of a hard to kill figure that gives you some number of mission points. It's not that many mission points, but you know an extra three-ish a turn is good. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, so this team seemed like it had a pretty good matchup against anything, but, like, I assume, you know, if it got ruined and murdered, it would be in trouble. Uh, but yeah. that would have to happen very quickly. Um, and Spider-Man Prime can just kill enough stuff that it might be in trouble there. Yeah. All right, let's just... Uh, then we'll talk about uh, Isaac's team, which was third. And uh, Jackson, you said you might actually know what it is. Yeah. So his team was very. Walker. Yeah, it was very similar to mine, but instead of uh, the 25 point commissioner and the 10 point Darkhold, he did 30 point Saint Walker and four point Scott Crampton Pog. Scott Crampton Pog is so good. It really is. It's, it's like tough this to build... fit it on teams, but it's so yeah. strong. This is kind of like the new. After seeing that, I'm like, I like that better. So that's kind of what I'm like be testing going forward. But uh, he changed a couple tarot's too. Nothing like major. There's like I think he had like the Earthbound card where if you hit someone, they get Earthbound. Um, sure. but yeah, uh, he was playing Spider-Man. Um, that was I mean it was a very good version of it. I was watching a couple of his games. He was getting a little 
unlucky with dice rolls, but I mean, that's most major tournaments. It's just whoever's luckiest wins. Yep. You, so. you play as well as you can, and then he, one person gets unlucky and the other one gets lucky. <laughs> he was playing great, and then he was rolling nothing but double fours when the star was up, and it's just like, uh, <laughs> my guy, I feel you. Man, the moment where you're like, all right, stars, the moment where you roll dice and you're like, double fives. Darn it! He Give literally, with like a 13 attack, he rolled double twos, and he just put his hands up there. He's like, cool, the only physical roll that I miss out of I'm every brutal. single roll. <laughs> the literally only the roll. only possible roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one out of 36 is like, you know, it happens, but it's not, yeah. it's not high likelihood. I mean... I'm pretty sure I've seen you quit mess with Dormammu Devons. Yeah, that did it. happen once. The, the old colossal Dormammu. That, <laughs> that that did definitely happen. Also, for some reason, Civil War OP was my least lucky tournament series of all time. In Civil War OP, I averaged three crit misses per game, and that was a battle royale. You didn't make that many attacks. No, <laughs> it was wild. Um. Yeah, and then we have another Prime Spider-Man. Uh, so top, so we've we've covered the top four at this point. Three of them are Prime Spider-Man, which is notable. Um, yeah, so this was Nate White's version. Um, he was playing Spider-Man Prime with the Necrosword with Kid Thanos on the main force uh, because he wasn't playing uh, Venom Magneto for Taxi, so he needed an alternative Taxi. And then Sakari and Iron Man and Carnage Surfer, so that his version is a little bit more durable to Spider-Man dying than other versions, because it yeah. has both of those supporting attackers instead of just the one. Um, Mephisto, who's obviously incredible, and uh, 20-point Green Lantern, who is amazing. Uh, just so good at keeping things alive if you use his trait well. Uh, this is a great version of Spider-Man. Um, I actually brought like a Green Lantern and Carnage Surfer with me in case I wanted to swap to this version because I liked it so much. Um, it's basically, you take out the more supporty pieces of uh, Commissioner and Magneto, and you just add full offense of a Carnage Surfer and Green Lantern. And the thought process is just, Kit Thanos is moving up, carrying everybody. You might drop a stop sign or something, but you're just going to get in their face as fast as possible and say, hey, if you don't deal with this very effectively, all three of these insanely overpowered attackers are hitting you next turn. Yeah, and if they manage to take out one of your attackers, you still have two incredible attackers yeah. backing it up, so you it's can like probably come back from it. Three of the hardest-to-kill, cheapest attackers in the game, and... And Green Lantern like, making them Green Lantern. a little bit harder to kill. <laughs> yep. I think the best part about this team was uh, Nate giving us play-by-plays throughout the whole weekend of how he was doing. Yeah, it was great. I love Nate. It's so nice when uh, you get actual updates from these tournaments because the, mm -hmm. the coverage is a little inconsistent. So it's always nice when somebody's posting about how well they're doing so you can follow along well. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was very I, surprised and pretty happy when I saw that WizKids actually posted uh, like the standings day by day. So like yeah. they took a photo of all of us when we won the first qualifier and i'm like oh WizKids just posted a photo of me that's pretty yeah cool. that new uh that new WizKids heroclix facebook page is pretty nice for yeah coverage existing <laughs> um yeah i also like nate uh we have a, a special connection as to the only people to win a tournament with grandmaster <laughs> he was the one who pioneered grandmaster back in the day with grandmaster his grandmaster mangog promote your yep. mangog to 150 points immediately team grandmog uh, 
Yeah, exactly. And then uh, and it. then I played a Starro plus Grandmaster version that I won a original with after, inspired by his build entirely. Why Starro? Uh, why Starro? Because uh, getting things to punch Starro fights guarantees them to hit. Oh. So they're just like not allowed to move close to you, and if they stay back, they get mind controlled into killing their own team. I was playing. I wasn't doing the like trying to promote Mangog thing. I was just playing two. Uh, Kill them with Mangog. No, I was playing two Surters, and it oh. was just if you ever move close enough to a Star Out fight to kill it, then you die. Because <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. I had a Joker's Gas and a couple of Perplexes, so I could just get my Surters oh, to like thirteen attack and five damage. Oh, For the man. most part, I never. Yeah, every, yeah, it's, yeah. Surter, Surter's normally twelve three, but if Devin's playing it, it's a fourteen yeah, six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love and it. I never did it all weekend, basically, all tournament, basically, because that? everybody knew that it was a threat and just like either played as far back as they possibly could or came as far in as they possibly could, and neither of those things really worked because you either got mind controlled by star fights or you moved in far enough that like. It, like they would just like charge the surters, so they'd just use their entire turn killing two surters for that were fifty points of my build, and then they'd die. <laughs> it was great. It was it was a really fun team. Uh, but it's a complete tangent from what we're actually talking about. Uh, so who else made the top eight? Because it's not actually listed very well here. Uh, I think it's down. It's Alyssa. No, no. I don't think Alyssa did. I think Alyssa it. I think Josafa did. I'm it was Joe, Jalen, um, okay. TJ, Robert Gallagher, and TJ. Okay. Yeah. Because Rob played Lucas. I think TJ played. Oh, that sounds like the worst Alex. matchup of all time for Rob. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Rob didn't make a single attack, I don't think. And it was just Rob slowly moving up. And yep. then by the time Rob was like, okay, next turn. I am in position to break your barrier and maybe get one or two attacks in. And then Lucas put his hand out and said, I have 20 mission points. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, Rob was playing his weird many apocalypses team. Um, five apocalypses, a Genesis and a Wonder Woman was apparently the version he played here uh, with Absorbing Man on the sidelines so that he has an extra thing that he can create. Um, and the idea is basically you cannot make a melee attack against this team because... yes. It doesn't do anything. I, dude, I love Rob. I love this team. This was so funny to see at a table and just walk and be like, Rob, how do you have so many apocalypses? And he's just <laughs> like, I won a lot of events. And I'm like, you know what? That's great. I'm proud of I mean, you. Fair. You play your team. <laughs> you play your five apocalypses. I don't yeah. know. This team makes me want to vomit. Oh, sure. dude, it's either he auto wins or he auto loses. It's so funny. Like, yeah, because if matchups, you face like a Scarlet Witch... You're just it's in over. so much trouble. <laughs> you, like mission points or a Scarlet Witch or like certain. He did beat a bunch of Sicarians, which I was surprised about because this looks like it auto loses to Sicarian to me as well. But yeah, like I that's kind of what that thought process I had of just like I feel like if you just take Pulse Wave over and over, you just auto win, and then you just take Pulse like Precision Strike Pulse Wave well, when they're on their last. Well, play. I mean, yeah. If you pulse wave enough of them, Sakari Ironman can just die. If so, if you, I think we were talking about it. If you pulse wave force blast yeah. to knock them back to their last click, where you didn't reveal it, you don't take the damage, and then next turn you pulse wave precision strike. Yep. And just wipe That's all the apocalypses. Ah. Okay. Yeah. It's possible. You, it's not easy, but like it's not. It's not it's easy. Doable. 
and, but it's also like, okay, what's his counter? He's just going to be a bunch of tens on a twenty. Yeah, so... I mean that's the other thing, right? Like, if your opponent, if you're playing this team and your opponent has an emotional modifier anywhere on their build, don't you just lose because you're just making attacks needing like nines or tens for the entire game? Like, pretty much. It's like the more I thought about that match, it's like, start. yeah, like at the start, um, which I think he does play. Yeah, but yeah, it's like. It's such an all-in matchup of just, like... I, I watched someone play a full-point Arachnite against him, and it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm so hard. sorry <laughs> that you're never hitting, ever. Yeah, anyway, that's a really interesting team. Uh, it's impressive that they got the, that he managed to make it that far with all those apocalypses, not running into too many Scarlet Witches, I guess, or uh, managing to play around them enough that he managed to win some games anyway. Um, all right, Jalen was playing, looks like, Sky Tyrant Double Dark Phoenix. Only one yeah. prime? It's, it's <laughs> his... Hulk. Uh, yeah, yeah this, I mean, this uh, is a great X-Men team, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one, I think, was the only themed team in... Got top 16? I don't think so. No. Top Not eight. top 16 because uh, technically. Alyssa. Alyssa, Alyssa yeah, yeah. Robert was themed. Okay, yeah. Him and Robert, I think, were the only themes in top eight. Um, But yeah, it's it's Tyrant Necrosword. Yeah, Double Phoenix. Just He's sending out a Tyrant with a peeper attached to him and he's going crazy. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was a tempting build for me to make too, but uh, yeah. I just couldn't actually find all of the masters of evil so i haven't bothered trying to test it yeah it's a it's a really good team um it just doesn't do well against scarlet witch and i'm pretty sure he caught scarlet witch in his matchups in top eight i think i, th I think he played tj top 16 i don't i don't remember exactly but um yeah it's a really good team um just insane offense like tyrant attacking I think yeah, four attacking times four times for the 14 four. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's pretty no good. No rollouts, giant reach. It's pretty pretty good. And then Josafa on what we used to call a Josafa classic, which is just all the best figures unthemed. This but now that's just how everybody <laughs> team builds. So Yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of a normal team. Uh yeah. Super big props to Joe for playing Molecule Man. Like I, I yeah, don't know if people aren't playing. I think it's the only Molecule Man that was I, in top eight, right. Did yeah. something make him worse that people stopped playing him? No, just there's just so many good, good right? stuff. Yeah, with super strength being a thing, like like the Spider-Man teams don't care about how much barrier you have because I can you can get rid of it, like no matter what. Um, but there are still situations where like barrier's super good. Yeah, and, and when that's and when it's true that there are teams that invalidate barrier you're you want your barrier to be on figures that do other things which yeah. is why the ring bearers are your go-to barrier at the moment well yeah. for two reasons one no no improved movement is incredible <laughs> outside of the barrier but the outside. other one being like if you don't need the barrier then you just make a boot or a chainsaw yeah yep. on top of that is molecule man because he's playing surfer and like tyrant molecule man is his anti-barrier yep, yep. Yeah, which the which the the ring characters do as well, but not as well as Molecule Man does. Needing line of fire makes them a little harder yeah. to uh, to get to actually get through barrier. So also Molecule Man is just stealthily really good at just scoring points by saying, "Oh yeah, you dropped your object. I'm just gonna turn it into water and KO it." <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. The uh, the epitome of 
old characters yeah. that weren't made for new rules changes. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, you use two of the two by four blockings. Okay, I'm just gonna get rid of both of them and then also clear this other path. Yeah. So the first instance of carn of colossal carnage that we've seen in these teams. Um, that blows my mind. Yeah, that he's really so is. good, and it's so hard to actually fit him on teams for some reason. The only know, reason that. I have the Darkhold on my team instead of a Carnage is because I realize I don't want to fly with a Carnage. I don't want to carry <laughs> that with me to events. Yeah. So it's just an object. Yeah, it's much easier to transport. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, second Sky Tyrant we've seen. Um, the demise of Sky Tyrant is greatly exaggerated on, on a few of these teams and clearly still very powerful. This is a Sky Tyrant yep. that starts unequipped and can be equipped with the Necrosword, assuming that you're not facing a Killmonger that invalidates it. Which Correct. It's a pretty good mode of Sky Tyrant. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just has nonstop threats. He's got, you know, sending out a Sky Tyrant, a Surfer, a Saki, a Rookie. Um, he's giving them whatever equipment they need. Just going crazy. Five it's, squares of free barrier. Yeah. It's a it's a great build. I I think it was Joe against Isaac for top eight. I don't remember exactly. But I have no idea, so yeah, you're more likely know. to know than I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the last top eight member was TJ, right? Yes. Who was playing Scarlet Witch, Sicarian, Iron Inquisitor, Venom, Magneto, Mad Jim, Mephisto, Green Lantern. Just very good figures. Yeah. Um, very similar to Dan's team. Actually, is that it, just it the is, exact it same, the team? same team? It's just the same team, yeah. They were, they were playing the exact same team. Yeah. Like, down to everything. Like, to the point Sense. where they asked a Whiskey's employee to just print out two copies of the build sheet <laughs> so they could write their Perfect. individual names on it. That sounds about right. Yeah. Mad Jim with the only item being Angler is an interesting thing. Um, yep. I I mean, I understand it, but it does seem like you're wasting your Mad Jim's potential a bit. I feel like the like, sixth Masters of Evil character on your sideline is probably worth... Oh, no, there's a Darkhold so, on there, too. I missed it. Yeah, so, so that's... that's that's specifically for the only thing this team is doing is I'm either ruining in my starting area or I'm ruining in your starting area. And that's it. Yeah, that is that's all that's happening. Uh, so that's like, yeah, you just you only need an angler and then you have a dark hold to swap uh, into if you don't want like a green lantern ring or something for a turn. I don't know. Yeah. And that makes sense. Well, it's great for rings, right? Because yeah. once you've made a construct that's on the map, you don't need yeah. to have your ring on you. Until or you just need to make another one. <laughs> or just give anything that isn't equipped, like a Venom Magneto or Magium himself, just a dark hold. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. If you're facing a King Killmonger and don't want the. Uh... But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a very powerful team, obviously. Just a lot of really powerful game elements. Yeah. Very good. Mephisto is really good. <laughs> that's all that really needs to be said about that. Yeah. Um, and then let's just start at the top of the list and go down for the rest of the builds. We have Animals, piloted by Alyssa. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I love that Animals got some representation. Uh, this is Kazar, Cosmo, Maggot, 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 Chip, Lockjaw, um, with a Destroyer on the sideline and Scrappy-Doo. Uh, you know, pretty simple team build. When, uh, it, But obviously, there's a lot of like small decisions you can make when building Animals. Alyssa has made them quite differently than I did. She's playing yep. Kazar and Lockjaw. I don't like those figures that much, but obviously works out for her. She, I, I am almost certain that Alyssa has played significantly more animals than I have. So honestly, oh, yeah. it's it's pretty likely to me that uh, her decisions are. She's been playing better than mine. Animals for quite a while, but trying a lot of different yep. builds of it. Yep. Um. But yeah, it's I'm 
I I love this team, and I hate that it's not better just because Scarlet Witch exists. But like that's most figures, that's most teams. Yeah, I mean, this team did about as well as I think Animals is capable of at the yeah, moment. Um, I, I, I think, think so. Animals can make a top cut pretty easily. It's a very aggressive team. If you go two and one, you're probably going to have enough points. Yeah. Um, but I don't see how you actually win the tournament because it, there's so many things that are good against it. Because it's like it's it's like you want to play this build. This is such a fun build. It's a great build. And you like potentially if you're lucky enough in dodge matchups, you could win. But yep. yeah, like just the Scarlet Witch matchup is just so detrimental. Yeah, and you know, if they have like even like, you know, a Sicarian and a couple of Carnage servers, then just how do you target well? You sort of need to poison the Carnage servers off of their top clicks so they don't get their special power because that just murders you. But if you just leave a Sicarian alone completely, it murders half your team by itself. Like, it's, it's yeah. just tough. There's so many good figures that have... And if there's a Hulk on that team as well, <laughs> like, it's just tough yeah. to match up to it. Um, we've already talked about Dan's build. Uh, we have John Burgess, who was playing something very similar to Jalen uh, with Double Dark Phoenix, Sky Tyrant with All Black, uh, but also had a Scarab on this build um, with a Radioactive Clay and a Shock Gauntlets on Molecule. Oh, there's a second Molecule Man. Uh, oh, nice. Molecule Man and Mephisto. Um, that's obviously great if you're playing Scarab. Shock Gauntlets have turned into one of the best Scarab items in the game. Yep. Uh Force Blast is extremely powerful. Knockback on your attacks is extremely powerful. Um, and then everybody knows that Radioactive Clay is just really, really good on Scarab. Uh, the one thing this is missing that a lot of Scarabs like is Time Platform, but uh, not a ton of points space on the team for that. So yeah. that makes sense. I think this is more of like a Sky, like an offensive team with just a, a hint of Scarab in it. Yep. Yeah, just, you know usually you go sky tyrant them or you oh you probably always go sky tyrant them unless it's like actually impossible to make progress yeah. and then you just sort of clean up with scarab as much as you can afterwards yep he outwits things he uh, knocks them back into walls and cleans up some of the smaller pieces to make sure you score as many points as you need seems like a very good team yep. and a hulk which fantastic when you're doing an, an alpha strike oh yeah they kill your alpha strike and then come across and suddenly you have a 90 point <laughs> figure there to face them. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we have Calder Ness who was playing um, a very unique alpha strike build, uh, which we've seen him play um, variations of this before. Just legacy Captain America is one of his favorite figures. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. He's played a lot of this figure. Um, he was, he was there in cosplay as you yeah. like he was, he was full sending cap and it was working and i was so happy yeah i mean he made great. the top cut that's awesome right yeah you should have said that he was dressed like captain america like WizKids did it made him so mad <laughs> i didn't know they did that or so would have yeah they totally did <laughs> yeah so this is using the chip flash taxi combo which is awesome yep um has an iron spider with emotional modifier has two construct makers and then captain america as the alpha strike figures as Sakarian Iron Man, who's incredible. Uh, oh yeah, Chip as well, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's, Star he's he's just getting in with Iron Spider and Cap, making four attacks with, you know, sharing the attack value with uh, the constructs, getting rid of uh, upping speed, getting rid of senses of tempo, 
Uh, yeah, modifier. Tempo's the cool figure on this team. Adjacent opposing characters can't use super senses. It's extremely relevant text at the moment. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that plus the modifier that he could swap to Battle Fury after being carried to, you could just get rid of both rollouts. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, and then, well, yeah, he either plus just... Plus three speed is just ludicrous now, right? So. Yeah. Plus prop. Plus prop. Yeah, yeah. Tempo's a great figure that, like... I don't know why. Yeah, not play I, I more. play tempo. Yeah, tempo oh, definitely should be seeing more. Yeah, just having prob alone, like yep. yeah, you think. Plus Iron Spider just eliminating equipment. Yeah, that happening randomly too is really great. Yeah. Um, and Flash Iron Spider just play really well together. Twelve attack on your best taxi. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tw- Flash is sharing everything with everybody. It's like, yeah, you're all all your constructs are twelves yep. with modifier. And there's enough sidestep here to do the maneuvering. That's something that these teams can have some issues with um, yep. because you actually need the flash to be adjacent to your constructs that you're making. But with Star Sapphire and Chip available, you can move around enough that it works. Yep. All right. Uh, Ken, who was playing Scarlet Witch plus Arachnite. Yep. Arachnite had the Cloak of Levitation, which isn't something I've really seen, but is very interesting. Uh, we have Wonder Woman, uh, Death Metal Wonder Woman, Mad Jim, Felix Faust, Star Sapphire, and Green Lantern. Um, is this not mystical? I think he said this was the Kilton Classic team that he won with. It's not mystical not because of Star Sapphire. Sapphire. Oh, Star yeah. Sapphire. Yeah, it's so close to being mystical. <laughs> it, is, it is one figure off of being mystical. You hyped up Star Sapphire, Devin, so clearly people listened. She's so good. She's very good. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, this is a, a Mad Jim Scarlet Witch team, but with slightly different support pieces. Yeah, um, no. Go ahead. The only only TK has a Star Sapphire, which is interesting, but like his entire team, it's it's mobile, but it's not. But it's like you don't want to go after it, but you have to. Like it's 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 a really good mix of sacrificing some reach and mobility for basically making it like just unkillable in certain situations because yeah i've been building something pretty similar to this that i uh, i I like that concept where i've dealt 20 damage to an arachnite and he hasn't died like (laughs) it happens yeah yeah unlike scarlet witch if you knock an arachnite back into terrain doesn't immediately die because the stop clicks on the second last click not the last one which is phenomenal extremely relevant turns out that like two stop clicks with that plus a death metal wonder woman it's like yeah that figure's not dying unless you ruin it mm-hmm. yeah and if scarlet witch is in a rune you're not killing it either outside of the rune you can still kill it with spider-man even through death metal wonder woman but uh in the rune it's just not happening yeah um and faust is a great figure it it's yep. another figure that's weirdly tough to fit on teams but it's, it's fantastic. It's right now. It's like, do I play Saint Walker? Or do I play Faust? And I think it's Saint Walker, but I really want Faust. Constructs are just so good. Yeah, they're stuff. Yeah, they're too good. Um, yeah, and then we have Patrick Fraser, the third member of the Chicago Clicks Mafia. All of them making the cut. Extremely yeah. impressive. Uh, who's just playing the same thing that uh, Nate played? Yep. Him and I don't Nate think were. There's a difference, right? Nope. Him and Nate team. were playing the same build. Cool. Uh, yeah, obviously very, very powerful build. Uh, a little less all-in on offense than some of the other Spider-Man builds that did well, but uh, um, a little bit more durable. Yeah. Um, and then last build is Sam Powell, who was playing something very slightly different than Dan and TJ. There's it was, a Faust here. It was a, it was a lot different. It was uh, 
yeah, he had a, she has a Carnage Surfer and a Oh, Faust. yeah, there's no MOE chases here at all. Okay. Yeah, no, she has no MOE. Um, it's just all Mad Jim sideline. She has her Mad Jim with uh, Golden Armor, so he's a phasing carry in vulnerability, which is, like, a really good item on Mad Jim. Yep. Just not um, getting knocked back to death. Yep. So And poisoned. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's it's a great option. Um Double Darkhold, we're seeing that a lot because of Scarlet Witch starting with it. Uh, but yeah, it's just basic. It's a more defense, a little more aggressive version of the defensive team that uh, Dan and TJ were playing. Um, and it's just like, yeah, you're going to get ruined. You're going to get Carnage Surfered. You're not going to be able to use your support because of Faust. It's just, it's very infuriating when it gets set up and just starts going crazy. Yeah, I've been testing some Faust lately and... Uh... Emily has been very frustrated at a few games where I've just like rolled a six yeah. on every time. And she's just like, oh, come it's, on. It's <laughs> All my fingers are dead. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of goes wrong to not run. that figure. So good. So All right. Good. Um, yeah, that's all the teams. Yep. Anything else we wanted to cover? I mean, Jay, you should tell us about your experience with Gen Con. Uh, I mean, I judged some of the side events, and I had fun doing that, but it's, like, not really podcast-relevant, so. I mean, I had a lot. I mean, I did uh, Silver, uh, Theme, and Pulp. They were all pretty fun, although yeah. I think game design has some catch-up to do to actually get Pulp to somewhere. Definitely. To be a format that I want to play, but I think it's a good idea. It's but, just sort of pulse yeah. wave against uh, sinisters. Yeah, that is the entirety uh, of pulse. that is every game I watched. It was just, can I pulse wave you, or am I gonna roll a one? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what fun? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I like the idea of pulp, but uh, okay, just like talking about pulp for a second. So they made a ban list for pulp, and they put Professor X on it instead of Sinister, which I don't understand because the only teams that were playing Professor X were the Sinister teams. So Sinister was clearly, like, I, I mean, if you want to ban Professor X as well, sure. But, like, yeah, the problem wasn't Professor X be. there. I, I honestly think, like, honestly, leave Miss Sinister in. Just ban Moira. Like, sure, Moira is the enabler. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you have that rally and you rolled a one and kept the one. Like, I'm cool <laughs> with that. That's supposed yeah, to be the true. downside. But Moira just says, no, you have this. Go for it. Don't worry. After September 18th, we won't. It won't matter. That is true. Yeah. World's 2024 looking great. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see what gets released. We'll and see. honestly, I mean, it will be interesting to see what the the pulp meta looks like after that. To be honest. Yeah, yeah I'm different for sure. These next few sets are gonna massively, hopefully, massively redesign pulp because it's right. It's right now in I think an unplayable state for having fun. It's yeah. just it's. At uh, Canadian Nationals this upcoming weekend, we're playing Silver Age Pulp. Well, so that, that will be, gonna be interesting. That was going to be our next thought. I don't even play Silver because I think that format is not very good. But come rotation, they need to look at the Silver format and they, uh, address the problems. I know Aaron has been talking a lot about how they're moving forward with that and they're going to make some changes. They so. already banned Scarab. So they yeah. can they can do something to Scarlet Witch too. They, they like you kind of have to like. Agrees. I. Yeah. So uh, we're playing sorry. Silver Pulp, I'm which sorry. is a wild format. 
Uh, How is it not just 30 giant good. girls? Uh, well, Giant Girl isn't legal in this. In so Fast Forces, so it's it's always Highlander. I'm reasonably oh, confident okay. Fast Forces Giant Girl isn't legal at all because the it's symbol is wrong. Forces, yeah, yeah, the Fast Forces symbol isn't the same as the set back then, so that's not legal. Main set Giant Girl is fine, but not great. What is legal is Dark Phoenix. Bit, yeah, oh yeah, girl. that is yeah. that, that's in fact legal. Mango so, wasn't a rare, was he? Oh, no, no. no. Uh, he's an Ellie. You can also play Big Chair Thanos. Sure. Yeah. So my current build for this event is um, Exodus, Cyclops, Sentinel, Blue Marvel, Dark Phoenix, 2x2 two two Magneto, Peeper, Stepford Cuckoo, Mary Jane Watson, and Astral Doctor Strange. Yep. I hate, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, like, that's, a, that's a great team. Good job, Devin. But man, I hate this. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll update you on how that event goes afterwards. Because... Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna Here, be an interesting time. Is what uh, fourteen for six? Yeah, with like with you know peeper extra range and stuff. Yeah, with like a thirteen range. Yeah, making that nine range and eleven or a twelve. Yeah, just ten range. She just sidesteps it. Oh, well, she has ten. Peeper, yeah. peeper gets gives shield. And do you have any other? Uh, do you have any other wild cards? And I have Exodus with Peeper and Magneto who have Brotherhood of Mutants. So if I roll leadership, just plus two to all stats, Peeper gives an extra plus one to movement. And so what you're saying is you sidestep on a small map and you can see your opponent. Yes, Dark, Dark yeah. Phoenix literally shoot the other side of the map. Dark Phoenix on small maps is not a fair figure. <laughs> no, Dark Phoenix isn't a fair figure. I well, think you yes. can say that. <laughs> like that... That retaliation is, I think, going to go down as pretty much one of the best and, like, the most annoying things. Yeah. Yeah. So that format is, and no, and without um, indifference, right? So, yep. yeah, that format's going to be wild. There's, there's a special rule for this particular one, which is that anything that's, okay, this is funny, anything that's on the silver watch list is, all, is on the ban list for this event. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's actually on the silver watch list? Like, so many things. But like nothing that's legal for the event. It's like it bans Proteuses and Main Force Giant Girl, and like that's pretty much it. Moira okay. X. The green like, Proteus or the orange or both? Both. I, They're both. I think just there. both. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you can't play the Proteuses. You can't play when the big one is Wendigo. Wendigo is the relevant one. Good. Um. Because Wendigo would absolutely be on this team if he was legal. Like obviously, I'm totally cool with him being banned because that Dude. figure is messed up. But um. At, at the fan appreciation event, when they announced there's going to be a Wolverine first appearance Iconics that comes with a first appearance Hulk, or not first appearance Hulk, uh, a Hulk and a Wendigo, my heart dropped when he said they're making a new Wendigo. <laughs> it's an Iconic. I'm like, oh my god, I swear. Legacy Wendigo, let's go. It, I Yeah, give it the carnage treatment. Legacy <laughs> that stupid figure. Yeah, I, I basically never played that figure when it was modern. Um I played it in a only Silver Age tournament that I played uh, yep. a few months ago, and and it was pretty messed up. I that figure is pretty, pretty messed up. I remember when that figure first came out, seeing a tournament of someone. I think it might have been Simeon playing twenty Wendigos as his team, <laughs> yeah, and there, then running. There was and 20 then Wendigos, and you ran into PJ playing J double Jason Wingard. I was gonna say yeah. that he immediately runs into Jason Wingard, and it's just like that is the longest turn in uh -huh. history. PJ's like, all right, what's left on your team? All right, let's do it again. Yep. I would pay money to see that turn. That sounds great. Yeah, I was playing at the time um, Jason Wingard with the uh, 
ring that lets you replace spectral. your attack with spectral. yeah spectral, with spectral ring. So whenever I ran into large hordes of Wendigos, I didn't even have to worry about like thinking about whether hitting something would steal energy them. I just mind controlled one to move close enough and then pinged all of the others to death immediately. Yep. <laughs> it, was, it was very mean. Uh, Jason Wingard is both banned and silver and that isn't a legal combo anymore, so it's irrelevant at this point. Unban my homie, best figure ever made, Jason Wingard. <laughs> I do, I, I do love him. I think it can stay rotten in the ground. <laughs> Dude, I love Jason Wingard so much. Yeah, I played a lot I of it. I figure needs to remain in the deepest bowels of hell. Where I've, I've never seen a figure with more just text on a card of just like yeah this is a broken trait then this is a broken trait then this is a broken trait and that's a good so it took, <laughs> yeah it took to like the third time i played him to notice he had outwit like yeah. he, there was just so he much text on that card. Buried in the trait. wait he, he has wait, outwit, he safeguard outwit. Hmm? yeah no yeah he's he's a safeguard outwit he, can like cap. he can't be yeah, outwitted that's what i meant Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you can't be outwitted, and then it's, it's the, like it's the girls that have outwit, I think. I'm yeah, like, but uh, only for black powers yeah. or something. It was the black. It was the the black kings. He was the white queen, so he just, or he had the white king, so he had protected stuff. Yes. And then he also had leadership, regardless of adjacency. So it's Wind like, yeah, I'm technically have... the red bishop. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, I have oh, willpower. Yeah. The cool, leadership that. that doesn't require adjacency and can oh, work yeah. itself. Yeah. Yep. So it's like I have a double beginning a turn rollout to take a token off. It's like that's great. What a messed up figure. Oh, I love him. Legacy card Jason, don't change him at all. <laughs> That's my dream. People just rock didn't realize the biggest that... problem with him was that he restricted design space so much. He really he could not make good box. That was the funniest question that like I ever asked Whiskey's play. It's like, hey, did you like not able to make certain pogs as a Jason? And they're like, we always considered it. And it's yeah. just like, that would suck for two years to always have that in the back of your head of like, well, we can't make this pog even remotely good. Yep. All right. Let's call it there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Want to thank you all for joining. Uh, thanks for telling us about your tournament, Jackson. Want to thank our patrons. Please join at the $1 tier to help us not pay out of pocket to bring you this podcast um there are affiliate links in the description we have all the usual social media if you want to find us under jsa clicks thanks to uh all of our friends who do content you should check them out ran adams with happy little hero clicks aries with dishing up clicks and uh it goes with a thing have you heard of clicksnexus.com thank you so much for listening we hope you have fun the next time you play hero clicks whether it's competitive or casual <laughs>